Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you together. go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, our look at the uh, Australian film industry and the things that are happening here. And uh, today we're going esoteric. We've got uh, guests in the studio. We've got Giles Finkel from uh, the Artist Film Workshop. G'day, Giles. How are you? Hello, Annie. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, yes. And he's uh, offsider Nicholas, who has uh, been part of the uh, program that we're going to be talking about. G'day, Nicholas. Uh, hi, Annie. Yeah. How are you doing? Good. Now, before we uh, talk about this particular uh a set of films that are going to be on um, about art and power. Uh, revise, uh, let, let listeners uh, get an understanding of what the Artist Film Workshop's about, Giles. Okay. Um, the Artist Film Workshop is currently located at 2 Kerr Street in Fitzroy, where the Arena uh, Publishing Journal is located. We're very lucky to be sharing a space with Arena, which is... Uh, why I met Nicholas, who has uh, been working with Arena and writing for Arena. And the film workshop uses the Arena space to hold monthly and sometimes even weekly, at the moment, screenings of uh, experimental film, of uh, documentary uh, forms that are not well seen, not often shown. And well, so- I noticed uh, that you had a screening of... Um 16 mil film uh, by Gillian Leary, My Life Without Steve. And I'll have to say that years ago when I was uh, uh, usher at uh, the old State Film Centre, yeah. uh, was, that was one of, on the bill. So there you go. Well, it's a, a great film and uh, I bet you'll be glad to hear that it's still a very popular film with, with people who... Um, when we, we've shown it, I think. Well, I've seen it twice here in Melbourne recently, and both times the screenings have been been packed. And you know, uh, I saw a, a list I think on the Guardian website the other day of the fifty best films uh, made in Australia in the last eighteen years. And um, I was sorry to to not really be that excited by many of the films on the list, but if I had to pick a favourite Australian film made maybe ever, I would say My Life Without Steve would be. Up there. That actually brings to the fore one of the reasons for why the Artist Film Workshop is so uh, impressive because uh, when uh, the State Film Centre moved to its new uh, ACME-style arrangement and that list that you're talking about, I think mm. I have the impression that uh, the film that was given the most votes was uh, uh, 
you know, the latest Mad Max, Mad Max that yeah. one, yeah, Mad Max 3. I couldn't <laughs> even remember all the all the bits that went with that, which is, you know, without, uh, um, I mean, one, it wasn't even filmed in Australia and uh, the leads were not Australian. No. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a weird, it, it gives you an understanding of the differences between types of films that are made in Australia as well as yeah. uh, the ones that are uh uh, made for uh, international consumption. Sure, and I mean, I I would say that maybe the point is that everyone wanted to choose Mad Max, but because it wasn't in the 21st century, they had to choose Mad Max 3 just to kind of refer back to what they would see as their favourite, uh, the, the high point of Australian cinema, which is around 1980 or so. But, uh, I mean, Mad Max, great film, don't yeah, get yeah. me wrong. But um, not so much. Oh, the, and the also the original Mad Max was a leap in the dark. Because mm. uh, I remember at the time that that was being made, mm. people uh, who were in that industry were uh, sort of uh, a bit uh, gobsmacked that somebody should decide to make this uh, this film. Mm. And uh, also the people who were the leading lights who made it were all doctors and, you know, these were people, young men who mm. had a dream that they'd yep. become filmmakers, which... And then they did. Yeah, well, cinema is a Which is know, very exciting, exciting medium. Yeah. And so the Artist Film Workshop, you know, we, not only do we show films, but we also have a lab for the production of, of uh, film, especially small gauge 8mm and 16mm film, uh, which we can process and um, transfer. Um, we can print um, and we can work with directly in the lab there. Uh, and so we not only um, collect of cinephiles but also of filmmakers so there's plenty of films coming out of the lab as well as coming into the lab yeah that's really interesting and it's a membership organization isn't it yeah just a collective so anyone's welcome to to come along and, and join in if they so desire now bringing nicholas into the fray here this is a collaboration between the artist film workshop this series of films about art and power mm-hmm. uh so nicholas you're the person who brought this to Giles's attention. Tell us about this series of four films. This, yeah, four films. A tetralogy. Yeah. I like that word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We thought it was a great, uh, great to advertise something. Tetralogy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, um, Giles and I we just met at Arena, and uh, one of the few things I I moved to Melbourne only uh, about two years ago, and one of the things I brought with me was this uh, series of four DVDs, and um, well, they're totally interesting. It's it's basically a series of documentaries from an East German filmmaker who. Um, sort of living in a socialist regime had to sort of explore boundaries of freedom and uh, it was not so easy to to make art in the in the socialist gdr so um in 1986 he moves to west germany or he's allowed to leave east germany which is and not, his name is uh, lutz dambeck <laughs> sorry <yeah. laughs> we're building up to that yeah. <laughs> So uh, Lutz Dambeck, he's uh, he's able to leave uh, uh, West uh, East Germany for the for the Western part, and uh, he sort of becomes this uh, observer of of uh, how these the, the leg- aesthetic legacies in both the Germanys com- are completely different, you know. So uh, it's a completely different aesthetic legacy, 
and um, he starts investigating sort of the, the 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 legacy of aesthetics in Germany. And at at the time, um, Germany is such a sort of tragic country with which has experimented so experimented so many different regimes. So sort of artists become thrown into different aesthetic regimes too. Mm. And uh, Lutz is, Dambeck is interested in how do these, how is um, political power, how does it interlace with uh, with form? And um, he investigates this in this series of uh, four documentaries that are extremely interesting because he goes sort of from uh, the, the Nazi regime in Germany, which is like anti-modern aesthetics sort of. He, he he becomes a sort of like perhaps archaeologist of modernity and he does so by investigating anti-modernity which in, in Europe there was uh, you know Germany where this was mainly the, the, the place where this is located so, so the, well, film, the film tonight sorry um, which it's, it's, it's a series it's a series tonight. of four and we're, we're going to show the first one tonight and, and that one is focusing I suppose um, almost exclusively on, on the sculptor um, Arno Brecker and his work uh, for the the National Socialists and for the Nazis and uh, yeah, because uh, Hitler said, "You're the man. You're exactly. the man." And so, I mean, it's a very um, you know uh, contentious legacy. And and so, what you mentioned before, Nick, about this, the the different stories, I suppose, that exist on the the east side and on the west side, which Lutz Stambeck grew up into, is what I guess is the starting point for. For the series of films, um, well, it's interesting because he was born in 1948, so he's uh, 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 caught uh, mm-hmm. in the after and the before, in mm-hmm. a sense. Yeah, and and very much a, of the generation, I suppose, um, of the German New Wave. In that, a lot of those filmmakers were born, you know, at the end or during during the Second World War. And came of age in say the 1960s and 70s, which is when we see a number of filmmakers in uh, Germany, I guess, on in both the east and the west, working in ways which is dealing with very difficult and troubling uh, recent experiences and, and things that are existing still in living memory, which, so they, by which look- they don't understand. Stand, yeah, by looking at uh, this sculptor uh, who's lauded by Hitler mm. and who wants Hitler wants his particular view of, uh, of the human form uh, translated into some sort of uh, classic... Uh, Monumental, um, monumental uh, culture, style, yeah. mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you, uh, as this film points out, mm. uh, he was actually a very famous. He was at the uh, pinnacle of his sculpting skills, wasn't he? Mm. And and also before uh, you know, this guy came along and took over his career, exactly. And so there's a legacy there, which is a very problematic legacy because not only is he Hitler's artist, which you know is is very clear cut in one way, but uh, his relationships with the French um, avant-garde at the time, for example, doesn't seem to go so well with what Nicholas is saying about this modern, anti-modern moment. And so by re-examining this, a whole range of issues are brought up in terms of how that legacy then continues into the 20th century. You yeah. know, I mean, if you think of artists like Picasso, for example, or... Uh, 
who else? Uh, you know, any number of examples you could think of. Um, their legacy is, of course, very different, say, to to Brecker's legacy. Um, and so, understanding what the, these differences are is part of, I suppose, the the starting point for for Dumbeck's investigation. And it continues right through until the nineteen nineties. In fact, with the with the final episode in, in in the United States. So it sort of travels quite significant periods of time. Uh, you know, there's uh, a huge amount of things. Uh, and I mean, we're talking about, uh, you might call this esoteric, but in actual fact, uh, Nicholas, you were talking about uh, where, do, where do artists find spaces for freedom? Mm. I mean, what mm. is the nature of art? Why is, what is art? Is it to uh, purely express... Uh, the uh, economic and power elites, or is there some other na- uh, place for art? I mean, the great, you know, there's that uh, the previous uh, discussions about uh, was it Benjamin who talked about art being a, an expression of devotion to the uh, uh, God or. or Godhead, effectively. That's what what its place was. Well, the erratic power of, of the artwork. Or the, That's that, right. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. has that in the modern world been replaced by uh, um, the e- e- economic and um, uh, dictatorial uh, frameworks that we're increasingly... And mass reproduction, I suppose, is the, the obvious thing to yeah. say here, yeah. Well, uh, I think it's a, it's a totally interesting question, um, and uh, it's one of Dumbeck's questions as well. And, and he's specifically asking, I remember this, that when does art become monstrous? And I, I find it really interesting because there, there are some very interesting ideas in, in, at the basis of Nazi art and later uh, socialist art, which is interestingly also less like an uh, aesthetic uh, continue, continuity mm. between Nazi art and socialist art. Yeah, the, 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 the example, just to interrupt, would be that uh, Brecker was also commissioned to, to make a sculpture for Stalin. So, and, oh. uh, you know, there's this relationship that is... Anyway, sorry, continue. So, I mean, uh, GD art is the aesthetic uh, successor of Nazi art, I think, and, 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 and that's extremely interesting. So, um, I think... It's it's really difficult to say when is art something that is resistant, and then all of a sudden, like I think the interesting thing about these documentaries is that we see protagonists who are sort of in the beginning, you know, sort of an avant-garde, and then all of a sudden they become complicit with state power. And this is and in 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 the case of we have the GDR, we have the Nazi regime, then we have later Silicon Valley, for example, and all start from like positions of opposition and resistance, and all of a sudden they you know become, they, they they become the power. Yeah. So and, let's let's go and, like I mean the series begins uh, in uh, in Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. but then the next one is uh, a really fascinating. He, he's he talks about Dürer's heirs, which is the next instalment in his investigation in power and art. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk about what, what are the key elements in that particular film? Um, well, this is uh, uh, perhaps um, very personal for Dambeck because um, he is investigating the art and the uh, socialist 
German regime and in, in the GDR, and uh, particularly also with those people under whom he studied. So in, in Leipzig, in yeah, in, in 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 Leipzig, and so it's a part of a you know like very critical look. But um, I think part of Dambeck's project was to he's looking at the 1968 movement in Germany, which in Germany was condemning basically like young people condemning their fathers for their roles in Nazi Germany. And he's like particularly he's looking at it and he doesn't want to condemn, but he was, wants to understand. So he's going that, that progress yeah. uh, from one to the next. Yeah, he, he wants to understand where did things go wrong? Mm. Yep. Understood. How, how, how is it that? That artist sort of when do they you know when does it become monstrous when do they be become complicit with power when is it, when does it lose its, its innocence when do ideals become corrupted and converted no because there's the thing about art you know people uh, there's uh, I'm a, uh, there's uh, ideological frameworks that people work within when it comes to art they there's this concept of the art being the individual expressing themselves. Uh, but when we're talking about it in this way, art and power, we're talking about people having the voice of the world that they've actually been inculcated with, mm -hmm. the where, where they've come from, how individual can an individual be. Mm. Well, mm. Oh, I mean, this, this is also like, I, I guess, in the fourth part of the series, that very question, like, where does that idea come from that art is something that's individual? And what is the basis of that? And, and, and he's particularly looking at this as sort of, okay, that, that is sort of the, the modern idea of the individual. Yeah, you that's know, right. that, That's modernism, sort of, you know. Which like is almost... Uh, abstract expressionist art and, yeah, you know, like it individual runs along subjectivities. It ru runs, runs along the side of true love, <laughs> if you know what I mean. In some ways. In a yeah. funny sort of a way. Before we go on, I just want to remind people that uh, we're listening to uh, uh, Showreel. You're listening to Showreel. And we're having a chat with Giles and uh, Nicholas about a particular, from, uh, from the, uh, uh, it's a collaboration actually between the uh, Artist Film Workshop and uh, the. Uh, the Goethe Institute and the University of Melbourne. That's exactly right. So yeah, we've been very helpful. So yeah, exactly. And so we'll be screening that tonight at six thirty p.m. at the Arts West Building, um, which is the first of the four uh, parts that we've been speaking about tonight, which is called Time of Gods. And so we'll, we're go we're going to do that every uh, Thursday or the for first for the uh, four fourth pa uh, fourth parts. Yeah. Mm. For yeah. the next four Thursdays in at the Arts West Building in, in the University of Melbourne. Yeah, and and as we were saying, the first the first is an interrogation of uh, the uh, the um, artist uh, Arno Brecco. Arno Brecco, and and then we moved on to an interrogation of uh, East Germany and uh, the Viennese Actionist School in the uh, third part, yep. and uh, some of the painters and artists involved um, in the avant-garde, I suppose, of the 1960s and 70s. And finally, the uh, f the part uh, four that we just mentioned briefly is um, focusing more on the United States, cybernetics, um, and in particular, the story of Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Yeah, which is really fascinating. Let's go back to that third instalment, The Master's Game. Great mm. titles. He's good with titles. <laughs> He really is. So The Master's Game, and because it's all about art and power. So mm. um, The Master's Game is very interesting because it uh, talks about uh, an artist, Arnulf Rainer, who mm -hmm. uh, is part of the Viennese Art Academy. He's a, obviously a bit of a golden boy, and mm. uh, he goes for um, abstract uh, paintings, 
that uh, and he has a whole th- critique about uh, uh, sort of a, a vandalism uh, uh, set out to uh, his practice is you know painting over other people's works iconoclasm yeah. in a very strange yeah. way yeah 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 that's right so you know this is uh, something that uh, people will recognise as uh, a critique of art in itself mm-hmm. and then of course he has an exhibition and then his work is over uh, written by uh, apparent vandals mm-hmm. um, there's some cons- some mutterings that he's done it for himself for his own self glorification mm. and anybody who's been to uh, 3CR's uh, uh, building here in uh, Smith Street will have noticed that our rather fabulous um, mural that was uh, commissioned has been overwritten by some stunningly unpleasant uh, uh, gra- uh, graffiti um, I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, you have, yeah. Uh, which has blotted out majority of the political messages that were being put there by mm. the previous um, artists, uh, which is kind of fascinating in itself because it's uh, ve- it's similar to what we're talking about in this third thing. Because as as it says, is Drambeck investigation delves deeper into the fringes of conflicting facets of twentieth century art its ideologies and histories informing the emergence emergence of what today is often called the ultra-right, which in a way is something that's infecting Australian society right at this moment. So it would be a very interesting well, film I to would look just at. Say the, the alt right, as opposed to the ultra right, because there's this idea of an alternative. Oh, which alternative is the, right. Yes. As opposed to oh, and that was, that says something about where where I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, but of course, this is all part of a, a similar discussion in, in a longer form historical way. Yeah. The, the sort of political uh, associations, I suppose, that develop uh, ideologies that develop um, in correlation or correspondence with the aesthetics of of the uh, artists working under certain regimes, I suppose. Yeah, well, in a way, Nicholas, it, 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 talking about the disintegration of tradition, mm. it, that's correct? Yeah, I mean, it's. I was early, earlier. You showed me the 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 overpainted graffiti, and it's just like stunning how this is like this synchronicity that is happening here. And um, so, this isn't the the third part of the documentary series is extremely interesting because like it it showed me something that also like I had no idea of. I didn't I didn't know anything about this. That there's like uh, in Vienna um, anti-modernist circles that are extremely avant-garde. Like you had to be you had to study law and arts to become a part of the circles. And um, so that's something that happens in in the in the early uh, uh, or, or what well, it's in, in, uh, in the art 1990s. is only art is only for the chosen few. Well, kind of. I mean, it was very just very elitist circle, mm. uh, and and these these people are very serious in in, in what they did, and uh, like they sort of start co opting these in in a way situationist strategies of, you know, like uh, disruption perform- and performance art disrupting, mm. and uh, they so you know, paint over uh, the somebody somebody who who painted over things, and so they co opt this like sort of method of transgression and chaos to to create something that is ex- its exact opposite and critique so it's a very interesting like dialectical movement and mm-hmm. like, just um oh in fact there was a recent one where uh, 
some people went around in in Melbourne uh, 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 rem- doing stuff to ads that are on public tra- uh, mm-hmm. uh, tram stops because mm-hmm. um, they're public places and how dare they put all these commercial things there. Mm. Yeah, I think um, there's an interesting <laughs> In story sense. to be told about the, I think they're called Ad Shell or yeah, whoever. Yeah, um, interesting. There's a kind of, uh, as I understand it, some strange arrangement between the advertising uh, that goes there and the companies that run those sort of bus shelters, tram shelters in the city, which you would imagine are related to the public transport system, but are in fact owned by a private company which has a kind of monopoly on the advertising. And so anything so anything that is done uh, to uh, critique that is, mm. I presume, in a sense, part of this same kind of movement, really, in a funny well, it's kind an, of way. it's an aesthetic question yeah. because essentially we have a public that is encountering images, encountering uh, these forms um, and trying to understand the intention behind them. Whether, yeah. whether it's critique or whether it is something else. Is, we have to hurry up because we're running. This is such an interesting uh, discussion. <laughs> the last program in this series is about the Unabomber. And how does that fit in with power, uh, art and power? Um, well, well, I mean, uh, f- first of all, it's like uh, I think he uh, gets interested in that because there's another synchronicity. It's because uh, uh, in the 1990s, it's not only uh, this um, artist sort of art terrorism, but also actual terrorism from right wing and or like right wing groups in in uh, Austria who who started a mail bombing campaign. And he's going to this uh, fourth one because he's following up on Ted Kaczynski, which I, I don't. I don't know if readers still, uh, listeners still remember this or are familiar with it. Is sort of a, um, a Harvard mathematician genius who uh, started a, 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 or allegedly started a mail bombing campaign. At least he was. Yeah, that was lasted for twenty years. It lasted for twenty years. He was mm. the, yeah. called a university an airline bomber, like the Una bomber, and he started to uh, uh, target um, people from the sort of. Techno- technological uh, complex who who developed uh, computer technology and because he was a he was a fierce a- a- anti-modernist as well so, so not at all happy with the development in society and very dark and grim about it as uh, people can read in his like manifesto which is called the uh, industrial society and its future where he paints a very like dystopian vision of how the world's going to develop well, some people might actually agree with him yeah, well, it, exactly. The, uh, it's, it, it's the very exactly. sort of troubling question, I suppose, it's, it's, it's that extreme, extremely, extremely troubling because, you know, like in many ways, you know, like this society is monstrous. But, you know, then it's the question is what, what are you going to do about it? And, well, t- Ted Kaczynski had his way Now, of before, because uh, we have to finish here because yeah, they're sure. all, they're backing at the bank, banging at the door. Tell people I about four, four, scre- four screenings, mm. four showings. The first one's tonight. First one's tonight at the Arts West building on the third floor. It's the interactive cinema space in the Arts West building at the University of Melbourne. And it's building 148. I think that's correct. Yeah, 148. Arts and West it, next to the Bailey Library. Okay. You can't miss it. And it's free. Yeah, it's free. free. 6.30. 6.30 p.m. It'll run till about 8.30. And we have Dr. Francis Plain uh, responding to the film afterwards. Um, Francis has just completed his PhD on the German philosopher... Or the anth- philosophical anthropology of Hans Blumenberg. So I think we'll yeah, it's have some very interesting. Interesting things. And, to say. and so it's four parts. This is the first night. So yeah. every Thursday for the, the next, next four, four weeks, weeks yeah. put it in your diary. Six thirty. Fantastic mm-hmm. stuff.
um, coming up next is published or not. Thanks for coming in because, you know, that was really fascinating. Yeah, thank Thanks you, for having us. Yeah. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.